four, three, two, one, and we are live for the Saintcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Saintcast. Quick question. What? What was that? A female voice that you heard on the Saintcast? Yes, yes, it, it was. was. Uh, Mark, would you tell the listeners and fans uh, of our great Saintcast? Who is our guest today? Our guest today is none other than the Jessica Havens. Whoa! Whoa! I feel like there's a lot of pressure to have a female voice now. <clears throat> I feel like there's a lot of pressure to have a female yeah, no, voice a little, now. No, a little higher if you could. I feel like <laughs> there there's a lot is. of pressure. There it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's oh, so thanks good. for having me, guys. Man, we have been trying to get Jess on for a few months she cleared out her schedule, and she is now here. So, no, we're pumped that you're here, buddy. You've got two minutes. <laughs> Perfect. That's the only that's sched- time I can schedule you. <laughs> uh, that's usually the amount uh, that people listen. Actually, Chase e- Chase <laughs> Chase Ishi had a great uh, compliment to our podcast. He said he usually listens to podcasts uh, two times fast, you know, double time. Oh. <laughs> And uh, for us, I thought you meant he listens to them twice. He does it uh, just single speed. What do you call that? Normal speed. That's a good compliment. Normal. Because we're that that good at talking. Mm. We're good talking. (laughs) Good talkers. Okay. (laughs) Words and words and stuff are good. Words are good. That you're good at. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, we have Jess uh, with us today. If you guys don't know Jess Havens, she's a good friend of Mark and mine, good friend of my wife's as well, and she has been uh, on staff at the church for a few decades and has <laughs> basically <laughs> done I was born. every job possible yeah. on staff. I remember one time being in a meeting with Jess and she was like, oh yeah, I've done this and had this job and done this. And I was like, you've done everything, basically. Yeah. Go, Just how many uh, no, jobs have no you campus here? pastor yet. Um, uh, well, let's see. I started in student ministries, and then I did a little bit of kids ministries, and then I did a little more student ministries. Uh, I've done uh, connections and groups and outreach. Um, so staff wise, that's what I've done, and then, um, but I'm also been a volunteer on the worship team. So I'm just going to become a campus pastor, and then I got the trifecta. That's three, though. So what's the eight-fecta? Yeah, the eight-fecta. Octifecta? Is that a thing? Octifecta. Is that a thing? (laughs) It's my new favorite word. Do you feel like Jesus will love you more the more things that you do within the church? A thousand percent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He loves me the most at Menlo Church. Probably. Dude, I'm so excited. We're really getting deep into theology early on here. Yes, just how to, how to earn how to earn Jesus's love more. And yeah, I've got at least eight crowns or eight <laughs> jewels in my crown in heaven. Hmm. One for each job I had. That's how it works. That should be your first book. <laughs> how to earn jewels extra and crowns. crowns. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so tell us what you're doing it. now at the church. Oh, what am I not doing still, it feels like. Um, yeah, these days, you know, it's all about online church. And uh, it's been awesome. Mark and I have been doing stuff with the online campus um, a little over a year now, trying to get this thing launched. And it only took a, a quarantine to get it actually <laughs> to 
to happen, yeah. you know. So, um, but it's been super fun getting to interact with people all across the world and be on a team of just really fun people. Um, so that's been great. Uh, my real title, my actual title is project manager for central events. So kind of helping coordinate Christmas and Easter, um, the online church, you know, and anything and everything. I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, we're going to have a conversation about online church in a little bit. So I don't want to, okay. I don't want to, uh, you know, get I into- segued too early. No, 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 that's great. But we don't want to get into it too much right now. Um, but uh, you guys might've met Jess at some point. She's hosted at Sank before and at Cafe. And uh, we'd love to get to know you a little better. Uh, we came up with this game that we're calling Two, Two Truths and a Lie. Did you, did you mm. invent the game? Yeah. You invented this? I've been working nonstop on it. Most of my hours uh, during quarantine have gone to creative game ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. This is a good one. You should try and sell this. Yes. Oh, I will. I never do anything yeah. without uh, trying to monetize it. <laughs> a true Silicon Valley That's the other person. way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other way to get more crowns in heaven. <laughs> okay. So we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. Everybody knows how to play it. Uh, so, Jess, you're going to try to stump us. Mark Mornishi, who's unstumpable. That is my <laughs> middle <me>. name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, it's just like Dave, David's nickname, Big TikTok, which I still love. Okay, Jess, whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. All right. Number one, when I was little, I wanted to be a ballerina. Number two, I've lived in the Bay Area. My almost my whole life. Wait, what? Is that you've lived in the Bay Area almost your whole life? Yes, That's a tricky one. Okay, I know. And the third one is I once hydroplaned and flipped my car. Say the first one again. When I was little, I wanted to be a ballerina. I'm going to say number one's true. Uh, wait, don't answer yet because I know that. I think I know. Wait, it's two two truths and a lie, right? <laughs> Mark just messed up. Two of those are true. <laughs> he was just naming, uh, he's going through okay. his options. <laughs> just, I'm just making sure. Uh, I, yes. I think, okay, number one you say is true. I think number one is the lie. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say number two is the lie. Where else do you think I, or you think I've lived in the Bay Area my whole life? specific. You said almost. Almost my whole life. That seems yeah. a little suspicious yeah. to my unstumpable mind. So. Mm. <laughs> you right, lived in well, LA for a while. I did. So the first one was a lie. Oh. I stumped the unstumpable. Ba, ba, da, ba. <laughs> I, uh, that should be the segment name. Stump the unstumpable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the one time segment. I'm just here to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First and we're time doing it he now. gets stumped. And we're out. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I lived in LA for about five months. Okay. Yeah, let's be honest. Should five anybody months. ever live longer than five months in LA? Mm. Yes. Burn to Mark Mornishi <laughs> right there. Truth. Well, thanks for playing, everybody. I think we're done with the Saint Cast. Wait, I, I didn't listening. get any closure on what you wanted to be when you were little. I... Oh, yeah. There oh, we go. when I was. That's a great addition um i wanted to be a marine biologist oh oh no way i didn't know that 
Yeah, I uh, I've always loved whales and marine animals, so I thought that would be really fun. And then I realized that I probably had to work in the deep dark ocean with creepy things and sharks, and I was like, man, no, what? I don't want to do that. That's funny. So we've never talked yeah. about this, but I did a paper in high school about becoming a marine biologist because that's what I wanted to do. And oh, in doing said paper, uh, as I researched this job that I wanted to do, <laughs> <laughs> so no one had ever told me that marine biologists also meant that you were a biologist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just science. It's not uh, playing with dolphins <laughs> and starfish. Exactly. Yeah, that's all I wanted to okay, do. Yeah. I have a question for you then, Adam. In high school. Oh, yeah. Growing up in Oklahoma, when was the first time you went to the ocean? <laughs> or was it just some like mystical place where you're like, I want to go study animals mm. there? Yeah, I told it. That's, dude, that's a really good question because it was part of the, the mystical piece of it because yeah. it was like, I think I went when I was pretty young. But yeah, when you are a uh, land lover, as some people say, <laughs> or uh, landlocked, uh, it's it is it is very mystical because you're like um, yeah you just don't get to see it very often uh, yeah I I'll just go ahead and throw out a couple more here I also wanted to um, to be an astronaut for a while I wanted to design theme parks for a while like roller coasters oh yep hmm. uh, and I really was into praying mantises for a while too that has nothing to do with a career so anything else you guys want to know about me. Hmm. Just kidding. No, this I think about, that covers nope. it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so I obviously won that first round <laughs> of the game. Um, but uh, I'd love to ask you guys a question before we get into some more uh, just serious uh, stuff. You know, obviously, this is actually podcast number six, Mark, mm-hmm. that you and I have Ooh. done. Nice. Crazy. And it's hard to believe that we recorded our first podcast pre-quarantine days yeah we could were you in the same room we were we actually went to two different rooms we we tried to record one in our office and then recorded another one in a studio so like yeah we were actually at work still oh wow i know yeah so long ago seems like and like ages ago uh but now obviously we are in week who knows how many weeks it's been now uh, we're on day 28 day 28 is that really i have a countdown uh, going in my house which i don't i don't know if it's a great idea or a horrible idea but we're on day 28 does it, that feel longer to you guys or less i feel like we've been in it for a couple of years what does a day mean <laughs> <laughs> what is a day that's right. i don't even know anymore. it's lost all value yeah. as a measurement uh great point so i'm just curious i'd love to go around and uh I'd love to ask you guys, what are you guys looking forward to the most after shelter in place? Because the Sank folks that are listening in right now, uh, we've all got that, right? We've got things that we're just like, man, I can't wait for that. So uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Jess, why don't you go first? Jeez, man. I think, well, as you guys know, I had my birthday last week. Oh, yeah. So, you made sure everybody um, knew. I think everyone knew. Anybody didn't know. <laughs> Probably everyone listening to this even knew, even though they don't know me. Um, I miss hugs. Mm. Like, I'm a hugger. 
And, you know, my birthday ended up being kind of great, you know, getting to see people in who live in Nashville and Portland and L.A. and Colorado and actually get to hang out with them was so cool and something that normally wouldn't happen. But I did have some friends come over and drop things off. And, you know, we stayed six feet apart, but I just wanted to give them a big hug. And so that, I think, for me was the hardest part. Hmm. And uh, that's one of the things I'm for sure most looking forward to on top of just going outside and into a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes that sense. <laughs> so when you yeah. so when the shelter in place gets dropped, are you just going to find like whoever you run into gets the first hug or do you have like yeah. a first like a a list, mm. a queue? Of like, okay, number one hug, number five. <laughs> oh, is this a British podcast now? A, a cue? <laughs> a cue. Yeah, we trend in London. Yeah. Yeah. What up, London? <laughs> um, that's a great question. I think I'm going to have to start um, a list. And Should. maybe people can vote or maybe I'll take bribes of who wants to mm-hmm. move Got up on that list. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got eight jewels. I need more, so. That's, that's good. That's really good. How about you, Mark? Definitely seeing my family. I think after this, just taking time to go down and visit my parents and my brother and just being able to, I don't know, it's just when you can't do it, it just feels like you need to do it more, you know? Yes. And so just whenever it's acceptable socially to start traveling again, that's probably the first thing we're going to do is go down, see them for a week or so and just try to, I don't know just talk about how this time was for everyone because we can kind of do that over face FaceTime and stuff like that. But I mean, really just sitting down and having a meal with the family is what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. 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 And dude, that speaks to so many people in our St. community in the Bay area. I think in general, so many transplants and uh, yeah, that's a reality for a lot of people I know that are, they have roommates, which is great, uh, but aren't able to see, see their family. Are you, have you seen your family, Jess? Even though they live in the Bay yeah, Area? Okay. That, that's kind of why I didn't say that because I do love my family. But yeah. um, my whole family's here. I guess uh, also see my brother and his wife are quarantining more because she's pregnant. And so uh, yes. yeah, uh, we do talk pretty often, but I have not been able to see them in person. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I guess Mark beat me on that. Yeah. Hugging is oh, definitely going to be yeah. part of it. Let's though. see if. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if Adam can top ours, though. Uh, yeah. Well, this is going to feel like I'm really playing to the crowd right here, but it's just fresh <laughs> on my mind uh, last night. I- I'm just really looking forward to Real Sank coming back. Uh, it was <laughs> okay. just really – I've loved, love, love, love that um, we've been able to do our Facebook Live services, and, and I feel like – the interactions been great. We've even had we had Sank Hang last night, which was really cool. So fun, so fun. Um, but just being up and talking to an empty room is pretty horrible. <laughs> uh, I love speaking and teaching and preaching. It's pretty brutal uh, in an empty room. And actually, Kevin is square was in there, and he'll occasionally laugh, give me a pity laugh. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to that <laughs> a lot. Um, which is, it's so funny. A lot of people have uh, joked about introvert, extrovert. I, I mean, I joke about that a lot, but uh, even as an introvert, I just miss like the community and, and seeing people face to face. It's just different, obviously, as we know. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. I'm going to miss seeing you preach by yourself on stage because 
<laughs> I thought it was so funny yesterday. I'm I'm just texting and heckling you as you're talking. Mm-hmm. And, I like that too. And one of the, the the things I sent you was, what's the point of highlighting your whole notes? Because it looked <laughs> like his notes were all highlighted. And your response was, it's all good. <laughs> You highlight your own notes? He had oh it. Oh, my God. It's such good material. I was like, ah. Okay. But this is so good. <laughs> yes, I got it. This is great. I got to save that for later. Don't forget that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. You're right. It was mostly highlighted yeah. material. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so speaking of um, Facebook Live and just doing online stuff, that that's what I'd love to talk about next, obviously. Uh, Jess previewed this a little bit, but we thought it'd be cool to have a conversation since Jess is with us and and she and Mark, along with a couple other staff members, have have really been our our online church team. We thought it'd be cool to have a conversation about online church. Uh, first, just see what that process was like for Menlo Church coming in, uh, learning how to do that. And then I, I'd just love to talk about sort of the pros and cons and what we see going forward uh, in the Big C mm-hmm. Church of how this works. So, uh, I, I just love to for you guys to tell us a little bit about the journey to creating online church. Uh, I know you've been working on it for a while, but then it got sped up by Mister COVID. So, uh, yeah, just love to hear how that's all going. Man, um, it's it's been a whirlwind, but it's been really awesome. You know, we. Uh, started last year with uh, John Orberg's series. Who's that again? Um, the the John Orberg. Uh, he's our pastor. Yes, sir. Um, you know, we did a, a what was the series? The Love All You Need Is Love yep. series. Yep. Um, yep. and we just thought it'd be interesting to try. You know, like you know, there's people all over the world who might want to be in a group and. How do we how do we do that for them? And I had told my boss that I was interested in helping with that. And they said, oh, talk to Mark Mornishi. He also already said that. And so then it was like, hey, look, here's our team. <laughs> so uh, I looked out with that Good one because Mark's really fun to that work with. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of started there with just launching an online hosted group um, and just got such positive feedback. They're like, let's let's keep this going. So, you know, we've been working on um, the platform and the best way to make this work for a while and having different IT directors helping us. Um, it just kind of kept getting put on hold because, you know, we all have other a- our actual <laughs> jobs right. that we're working yeah. on. So then Mr. COVID came and they were like, well, guess we're online. So Crazy. it was within like, I don't know, what, five days that we got it done? Yeah, pretty Mark? much. We got basically an email on the Monday before saying, hey, we're looking to take church online this weekend. Can you make it work? And we were both like, okay, we'll try. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was that was stressful. That was probably one of the craziest parts of this online journey for us was just figuring out that first week of, okay, we have to take this from something that was not working at all to working yeah. by Sunday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, pressure. no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the timelines, you know, very fresh in my brain. Cause uh, that was the week we were at Disneyland when all of this yeah. happened. And I remember we left on Monday, uh, you know, took the drive down assuming at that time that we were going to still have church the next week. And obviously I, I knew you guys were, 
talking about online church, but then I remember getting a text, I think it was Tuesday morning and essentially hearing like, oh, we're not going to have services. And then just hearing, oh, but we are going to have online church. Uh, so just crazy, yeah, crazy. That was really crazy. And really the only thing that saved us was we had a, a, a couple people of the, the from the church where we're using their online platform. They're doing most of their hosting. They actually came and visited us and they took a site visit of Menlo and we sat down for an hour or two and picked their brain about their online church strategy. And again, this was all just kind of preemptive. Like we were looking just to do a little bit more research before we launched into what we were planning on doing. And if we wouldn't had made those connections and we weren't able to reach out oh to gosh. them that week before, they were actually able to get us onto a newer version of the platform that's more user-friendly and less like needing to know code and stuff like that. And so really that's the only reason why we were able to get church online was that connection, making getting onto that new version of the platform that was super user friendly, and then yeah, because yeah, that that old platform, poor Mark is like trying to learn code and like figure out how to do these things, and yeah. we're like this this is not yeah. part this should not be part no. of your job, and it was crazy. And it wasn't working. It would work. I could get it to work sometimes, and then I would mess up somewhere, yeah. and then it wasn't working, and it's just like I don't know where these videos are even being pulled from, and I'd have to go in and try to look at it and understand like what our old IT director did, and it was just like that's way too much for wow. me. Yeah, insane, crazy, crazy. Well, kudos to you guys for just even getting it to work, and uh, I'll, I'll speak from an outsider's perspective. It's, it's been, uh, I've, I've been describing it to people as a life raft for our church. Uh, and and I, it's not just our church, obviously this is churches across the world right now, uh, where we, uh, we, it's keeping us alive. It's keeping us afloat. It's keeping our community connected. And, and so it's just such a a great thing. Uh, so what would you guys say are some of the, some of the pros and cons of online church, just going a little more. Uh, uh, theoretical, philosophical, because sure. at some point, uh, God willing, we are going to go back to real <laughs> church in oh, person. Yeah. Um, so online will look different. It's not going to be a life raft anymore, right? It's going to be a separate vessel. Doing a lot of maritime <laughs> metaphors right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really glad we have these life vests that have come out. And, uh, Did you learn all this when you're studying marine biology, or like how how do you know all these terms? Well, that, that was the other thing I forgot. So yeah, I wanted to be a professional pirate when mm. I was in junior high. Mm. Watched a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's right. So excuse my ocean metaphors for a second, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously things are going to change. Where it's like we're going to start meeting in person. So uh, I've heard so many different. Uh, just arguments for, against, what are, is online church real church? All of these different things. So I'd just love to hear from you guys, your personal opinions, sort of the pros and cons, uh, what we have to look forward to going forward. I'm for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, Mark? I'm also for it. Uh, I, I'm for it. And I'm on the fence between it's supplemental and it can replace church. I'm kind of in that gray area that I kind of bounce back and forth depending on what I read or after certain Sundays or something like that. So I don't know. I definitely think that it should be a standard going forward. And I think that in many ways, COVID has forced the church to to evolve and catch up with everyone else. We're, we're, I forget who tweeted it, but it, it was something like, 
uh, basically it takes Jesus out of the pulpit and into people's lives, into people's palms, into people's hands, into people's devices, which are already on already. And that wouldn't necessarily have happened without such an abrupt stop. Um, There's another statistic that came out that said 56% of churches are now growing in attendance. And that Mm -hmm. is also a very interesting argument. What is attendance? What does that mean? Is that just one view? Is that a, is that a time? Is that, you know, average attendance based off of, you know, 15 minutes of the sermon or one second of clicking on, like, we don't really know, but it's just interesting to see how the church is still moving and potentially growing during a time where we can't even meet face to face. And that's one of the biggest upsides for me on why church should continue to be online afterwards. Yeah, I think you introduced two terms that I think are really important, supplemental versus replacement. I think that's uh, that's where the real debate is going to take place in the next few months, because I don't think anyone truly would argue that it's a great supplement, um, you know, because I think we've seen that, we've proven that. If you're traveling, like, man, how amazing is that? I can tune yeah. into church, I can chat with friends, uh, or maybe, you yeah. know, like some of our sync folks, you move back to Brazil or you move to Canada. It's like, oh, I can still be mm-hmm. a part of this community that's so valuable to me. Um, so, yeah, I think the the, art, the debate going forward is like, okay, at what point um, do you need to go from online church to in person or uh, or do we need to? Maybe you get your content online, but you're a part of a, a community, a life group or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are asking those questions. Right, because in theory, this changes the entire way churches can then be structured. I mean, imagine if you're hearing one or two messages during the week that everyone's you know listening to, and then on Sundays, you are meeting in people's homes, you're meeting with your group, you're meeting somewhere, you're doing some type of service activity, or you're praying for each other, or have that community aspect that you typically get on a Sunday, and now you're getting both, and more time to do both, and in many ways, more convenience in both. So it's just, yeah, on a theoretical level, it's opening up so many doors, and now it's really up to kind of individual churches or organizations to figure out, okay, where do we land now? And what's, you know, where do we kind of allocate resources and staffing and stuff after this? Because there's clearly going to to be a need or this is, has it exposed a need and so much potential for growth or p- yeah. potential, which I have been surprised at is the connection piece of even though yeah. we are meeting online, it still feels like the chat room, there's connectedness and there's people that are engaging. Yeah. And that was very surprising for me. So Jess, um, I think you've been hosting a lot of our services. Have, have there been any moments that have potentially stuck out for you that have been particularly like, whoa, that's a really cool moment? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've had a lot of those, really. Um, it, it's hard to keep up with the chat sometimes because it's it's so busy. You know, yesterday, especially with the Easter services, just so many people on it, the 8.30 and the 10 a.m. services, and just trying to keep up with that. Um but yeah, I mean, I've I've screenshotted a lot of uh, a lot of really cool comments. Um, you know, people coming from all over the world, and you know whether you know time zones are a thing, and they're it's you know nine p.m. for them, but they wanted to join in person online and be able to chat. So instead of just watching it on YouTube whenever they can, they come specifically at an odd time for them, but a normal service time for us and. Um, you know, just yesterday, uh, one of our coworkers um, was able to jump into a prayer, uh, a prayer chat with someone um, kind of accidentally 
ish and um, a couple things went wrong. And so it worked for her to do it. And it was someone who had the same story as her, you know, getting yeah. um, having gone through something really hard currently. And, and the coworker of ours had um, had gone through that exact situation. Wow. And so that was just like stuff like that is like God is obviously in this, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. it's not just we're here and we're we're hosting. I mean, we are here and we're hosting this, but, you know, he's he's still alive and he's still moving and. Yeah, just getting to see where people are coming from. And, you know, some people are like, I moved away from the Bay Area a couple years ago, and it feels so good to just be back. And, um, you know, even though we've always had the option to watch online, but I think just this different aspect, this different piece of the chat room, the chat feature, and then the designated service times, I think has just really brought a lot of people back and excited for this. And it's, it's just been really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that 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 um, incident. I, it's not incident, but that um, I don't know why I said that. Uh, but the the moment that you talked about that prayer moment, I was actually a part of that because I was praying for people and I was praying for somebody, uh, their family. Uh, they were just asking for prayers because they're struggling and they're in Canada, and, mm-hmm. uh, just struggling with health, and uh, they're not Christian. And so I was just praying for this mm-hmm. person. And, and this per, you know, a prayer request popped up and I was just like, Hey, can someone else take this? Because I'm just pretty deep in prayer with somebody. And then, uh, yeah, that's when that, this other person jumped in to pray and they just connected. It was, uh, so cool to be a part of. And I think you're right. I think we're seeing, uh, man, this is something the church has learned over time, over history is that, uh, we need to use tools, uh, to, to reach people. Mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. When the TV first came out, like so many churches and, and Christian organizations <laughs> condemned, I don't personally remember. Okay, that's an old man Henny joke. Mm. Uh, but a lot of uh, Christian organizations <laughs> condemn the TV. Like uh, that's a a tool of the devil. Don't watch TV. And just seeing how like tools come out and they can be a little scary because they're they're hard to navigate. It's mm-hmm. different than what it used to be. And man, how cool would it be if we utilize technology? And right. so, just so so thankful for the part you guys have played. Yeah, in that. for sure. I mean, I think that's been the biggest blessing in disguise. Is like you know, like I said, we've been trying to launch this online campus for over a year now, and it took this to actually like make it happen. But also that you know, the kind of cool piece of it is that this is everybody's only option. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like. Oh, well, if you feel like it, you could just join online. It's like, no, if you want to go to church, you have to join online. Yeah. And so just to really – I think it's it's becoming surprising for a lot of people of like, I'm so used to going to church. And I think that that piece of it is still hard. I mean, I've going to church my entire life. And so to not be at a church service on Easter was for sure weird. Yeah. <laughs> but like just the opportunity for people to actually try it mm-hmm. um, because it's all the option right now. It, I think it's going to really be – a positive impact going forward when we do go back into services on campus people will already know that this online option is there so if you yeah. know they're out of town or they you know for whatever reason sleep in or what you know there's always excuses for it but it's like oh yeah i remember we did that online thing it was really cool i guess i could do that instead this week and i think that's just been like it's something i'm really excited to see in the future i agree yeah i think another exciting thing too is it's giving a lot of people that might not traditionally be one to go to church an opportunity to check yeah. out what a church service is like. 
And yeah. I feel like it's yeah. a very easy for people to also be more invitational than in the past. So it's so much easier to say, hey, you know, join me at this service. Here's the link. All you have to do is click on it. And yeah. in many ways, that's kind of, it's brought a lot of people through our doors. We've seen a, kind of an influx of comments of people saying, hey, I'm not religious, but I enjoyed this. Or I am, I identify as this religion, but this really brought me a lot of hope and peace. And so it's a really cool thing to think about of, you know, the, the type of reach that the church now has versus then the only option is a physical service that someone has to go to at a specific time. And yeah. then I guess in a theoretical, I'd love for you to answer this handy is how does, you know, thinking pre COVID and post COVID, what is the church? What does the church look like? Yeah. How will this now be affected? And yeah. what is a, a potential definition of, of, you know, what church is? Because I feel like this yeah. has kind of shifted and rocked, you know, thousands of years of, of in-person meeting tradition. Now we have this little blip yeah. in history of we can't do that. So now what? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, mm. I got a lot of thoughts, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> always. Always. Uh, I, man, I think you're, that's the right question. And that's what I'm interested in. And I don't know if you guys know this about me. I love change. I know a lot of people don't like change. Yeah. I just freaking love it. I love it in my life. I love it in the world. And I, we're seeing an epic change right now. And I think what you're you're asking, what you're saying, Mark, is, is we're we're sort of forced in this moment to remember what church actually is. And for so many years now, yeah. especially yep. in the American church, it's become about coming to this service. We will track our attendance and that's how we will know if we're successful. And you'll hear a 30 minute sermon and you'll get mm -hmm. some songs and then you can leave and you did church. Church is now over. Right. Check mm -hmm. the box. You checked it. You did church. You are a part of the church. And for the majority of uh, the history of Christianity, that was not, that's not what church was. Church yeah. was community of people meeting together, trying to follow Jesus and do what he said to do. And uh, over time, we've just made it about this one gathering. Hmm. And now we're starting to, to really think through uh, how much does that one gathering matter? Of course, it does matter. We know that. Mm -hmm. But uh, we, it's reminding us like, yeah, maybe we had 500 in attendance at a church service, uh, but maybe 200 of them were engaged mm -hmm. uh, or maybe uh, 200 of them just came because that's the thing to do. And uh, online church could be the same way. You know, there's just a lot of ways to look at this. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, we're just going to see going forward that we have to use these tools to, uh, it's all about engagement. It's all about community and it's all about connection. And that's what it's always been about. But now, uh, you know, maybe we will look at our metrics differently. This is not great news for us who work at a church, but churches will probably need to start thinking of how to staff churches differently. Maybe we don't need to pay as many church members or sorry, church staff members, um, because we're going to, we're going to operate differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, again, I'm not saying mm -hmm. we should do that, but other churches might want to do that. Um, because <laughs> I still want a job. Uh, I would like my job all to of continue. Your jobs. Please, That's I right. didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. That was Adam Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other piece, I'm feeling this. I don't know if you guys are, but uh, man, we're so segregated as churches, and now we're seeing the potential to really unify. I mean, yeah. why couldn't we have uh, a Menlo Church life group in Brazil? You know, why couldn't hmm. we? It, the the possibilities are endless now because we can remember, oh, Menlo Church or just the Christian church in general is just not this one place that takes uh, part 
in my neighborhood that I walk to. It's it's my brothers and sisters across the world. So I think that's uh, great. man. I'm and I, I get excited. I think that you're also kind of prying a little bit into why traditionally the Sunday meeting has become most important. And so I think now that we've kind of identified or pinned down, man, the the why is you know you get your service, you get which is usually worship and a message. And then you also get some sort of community aspect, some sort of charge to either go then and change how you're acting or how you're thinking or go out and make a difference in your community. Now we're trying, now we're seeing, oh, this, all of that is still possible without that physical meeting. So then what does that mean going yeah. forward? And that's totally. exciting. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. Well, thanks for having that conversation. And, and again, thank you guys for what you've done uh, for our church. And, and we're just excited. And as far as Saint goes, uh, we're going to continue, even when we come back uh, in person, we've decided we're going to continue live streaming our services. We have the capability. You know, I think it was the second or third week, uh, Dave and I looked at each other and we're like, why, haven't, why did we just now do this? Because <laughs> it's so easy. We basically yeah. just hit record. We're already recording the services. So um, so for those of you that aren't able to make Sank every Sunday night, now you can watch it later in the week or you can watch it with us on Facebook. So that's so awesome. And Adam, you've been kind of piloting and leading the, the, the sank side of the Facebook live online service. We've done more of the morning services for the broader church, but how have you felt like what's a couple quick wins from what you've observed through this last five weeks mm-hmm. of live services on Sunday nights for our young adults sanctuary group? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you said this a couple of times, uh, but I, I've, I've noticed that, uh, the limiting of like 7 p.m. on Sunday night, we're taking that away. Mm. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll have less people watching on Sunday night than would come to normal sync service. But throughout the week, we're having uh, this past week, I think over a thousand people. That's awesome. Uh, wow. Viewed our sync service, which is, you know, maybe That's that great. was two two minutes, a quick view or something. We don't know all of that info <laughs> right now, but. But now we're we're seeing like, oh, you can engage in this on a Tuesday or a Thursday, and in theory. Mm-hmm. You could, once we can meet together, your life group could watch this together on a Wednesday night. Um, so that's been a, a positive. Another one, I think, again, this is what the big C church, I think, can work on. Uh, the last few weeks we've experimented. I just throw out discussion questions in the the sermon and have just watched you guys sort of uh, talk in the Facebook chat. And I think... Mm. That still needs to grow. We can work that muscle a little bit, but yep. I've just been scrolling through the answers after Sank and just watching uh, and just thinking, man, what a cool opportunity this could be because, you know, with the sermons, uh, we've, we're used to seeing the talking head and we just know that people learn differently. Some people are visual learners. Some people uh, uh, like to move around. Some people prefer a di- like a conversation. And so to think about like online, how can we break up a sermon? So it's not just me talking for 25 minutes, but it's a little more of a conversation. That's just been really, really cool as well. So yeah, I, I, awesome. I see a lot of positive there. Nice. Yep. Uh, so let's just uh, start wrapping this up. I got one more thing I'd love for you guys to just answer. And this is a little more personal. And uh, I think it'll just speak to what a lot of people are dealing with right now. Uh, but last night at Sync. Uh, on Facebook Live, we we talked about it was obviously Easter, so we talked about the resurrection, and just uh, we lit seven candles, sort of going back to our Good Friday service, and we talked about like some of the hopes 
and the lights that the resurrection brings. And throughout the night, I ask people to identify uh, where do you need to see the resurrection power and light in your life? And and so I'd love to close out just you guys answering honestly of like where you feel like you need the light of the resurrection most in, in your life. And and hopefully that can speak to somebody who's listening right now. And Jess, I, obviously you weren't at Sank last night. And so I'll just go through sort of the, the seven things that we talked about. And And if someone's listening and they didn't see the service as well. They'll know. the The first one was shalom, uh, which is another word for peace. And we talked about how shalom is completeness. Shalom is wholeness. Uh, it's the opposite of spiraling. It's the opposite of anxiety. It's experiencing the re- the relaxation, the foundation of of Christ. So shalom was the first one. Then hope, which is sort of big, but uh, so many people are losing hope. Uh, they feel like darkness has the last word. Uh, the next one was redemption, just feeling like our failures, our mistakes uh, have got the best of us. And then we see the resurrection power uh, that uh, the forgiveness is possible. And then justice, which is uh, sort of an external one we talked about of like resurrection power brings justice to the things that are wrong in our world. Uh, poverty, uh, racism, uh, just all of these things that we say, man, that's not fair. That's not right. And then unity would be the next one. And uh, man, we just live in such a world of conflict, uh, Democrats and Republicans, uh, countries against countries. Um, and so and, uh, resurrection power brings unity, reminding us there's not us versus them. Uh, we're all created in the image of God. And then uh, purpose is the next one. And this is just, man, believing that life is not meaningless, that I have a calling and a and a, a reason that exists here. And then the last one's uh, just eternal life, like this reality that we get to spend eternity with with Christ. So uh, that's sort of the summary. I'd love for you guys just to pick one and um, just talk about where you're asking, you know, to see the resurrection power in your life. Sure, I'll go first. I'll Maybe I'll say one. I'll, I'll first lead off with my hope for our community, and then maybe Jesse cool. can go, and then I'll, I'll follow it up with the hope for myself. But I think for uh, a lot of a lot of the conversations I've had with people that have reached out that I've reached out to during this time and before too has been uh, a lot of around purpose during this time and a lot around how can I you know this has really shaken a lot of people's core identity whether that is I'm a student I'm a worker I'm you know I'm a this I'm a that and now that that has kind of changed a little bit, people are really tr- asking, you know, deep and meaning- meaningful questions about themselves. Okay, what am I really here to do? And how can I find, you know, kind of the rest of, of peace and hope and redemption? How can I find that through purpose? And so my, my hope for our community is that we can really dig into that question of what is my purpose and how, how does this, this blip of, you know, Oh, just a, a weird time in history. How can that, <laughs> how can that translate into, okay, once this is over and the world goes back to normal, whatever the new normal is, how can I live with that purpose that I just thought about? So that's, a, that's my hope for that's our good. community. Yeah. But Jess, how about for yourself? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think uh, a big picture for the world, obviously unity is, you know, just when you said, you know, uh, Democrat versus mm-hmm. Republican and everything that's going on in the world right now. But I think we're, 
blessed in a sense that we already get to see a little bit of this happening, um, you know, with countries helping each other going through this and, um, you know, especially on social media, getting to see um, different things that are going on of, you know, people in the middle of the street in Italy and playing their violins for each other and just that kind of stuff is we're all, you know, as everyone is saying, we're all in this together and getting to see how we can lift each other up in this time. Um, but for me personally, the thing that stuck out was probably when you said Shalom, um, not so much peace. Uh, I feel like I've been blessed with a good sense of of peace. I've just never been one to struggle really hard with anxiety. But when you said wholeness, I think that kind of jumped out at me. Um, really just like I feel – you know, there's, I feel like there's always something missing, you know, what's the next thing? Like I'll, you know, I was struggling with, um, work stuff for a while and then it got resolved and it got way better and, and just awesome. And I've been loving this season and, you know, pretty quickly after that, it was like, well, great. God answered that one. So what's next that's missing in my life instead of focusing on, you know, the wholeness, the everything that, you know, Jesus is enough. And, um, you know, those those things in my life that I'm quote unquote missing, are they really things that I need? Um, and if they are, what does that look like? And how do I how do I deal with that? And yeah, that's kind of where my mind went when you were talking about those things. That's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, and then I think for me personally, it would probably be peace, shalom. Um, I would always kind of try to be a peaceful person. And in many ways, I try to, you know, operate through seeing, you know, the world with a lens of peace of, you know, it will be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, you know, bigger purpose, but whatever, whatever that is. But this has always been, I mean, this last couple of weeks, for sure, it's been increasingly hard to maintain that peace. And so it's, it's just challenging being a future oriented person in a world that's on pause. Oh yeah. Interesting. And and I am not finding peace in that at all. Like I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work towards something. I'm trying to build something. I'm trying to take active steps forward in every area of my life. However, in this time I can't do that or it's just not Mm. in the way that I want to do that. And so that has been really challenging. Um, luckily, there's been a couple people that I've reached out to, uh, a guy named Henry Motu in Hawaii, um, uh, an old pastor friend named Wayne Katayama down south in, in Torrance. And, you know, just talking to mentors or people that are operating through the lens of having peace during this time has really helped me. And so it's just challenging. It's just a really hard time for um, for for me to sit in peace. And so that's hopefully something that can grow in this post Easter season. So that good. reminds me of Adam's favorite song into the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. for reminding me of that song. I've only heard it 200, 200 times time. in the past week. Oh, good. That's it. <laughs> uh, I think for me, man, uh, Jess, you mentioned this as well. Unity is just really sticking out to me. And I, I do think exactly what you said, we are learning this lesson more than ever. And Mark and I, yeah. in our devotions a couple, two, three weeks ago, I was just really shocked at when we looked at the Lord's Prayer, how none of it uses me language. And that had, hmm. that had never really occurred to me. I've been praying that prayer 
the majority of my life, but it was just like, it's all us. It's all about, uh, give us our daily bread. Mm. It's very communal. It's not about just give me what I need. It's, it's, uh, our, our temptations, our desires, Mm. uh, our daily bread. And we are just learning the interconnectedness. I mean, how, how weird is it? Have you guys thought about this? The, the way that we fight this virus is we have to stay away from each other. It's just a weird concept to blow my mind. Yeah. And so just to think about the only way this virus works is when we're together. And I think there's a lot of spiritual principles we can take from that of like, uh, we are connected. The things we do and say are connected to somebody in China. (laughs) That's crazy. And uh, we see movies about this and we probably read stories about it. But just to really think about like the way I act, the decisions I make, the things I decide to buy or not buy are going to affect people. And that, that's just blowing my mind of like, uh, I think I'm just realizing it to a new level. And so just praying that God can help the church be leaders in uh, protecting the vulnerable <laughs> beyond COVID, right? Like, cause there's always vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And how can we just uh, always be looking out for the vulnerable? That's a hard word to say too. Um, Is it though? Vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> vulnerable. Vulnerable. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, yeah, just really, really hoping for more unity and and remembering that um, we're all connected. We're all connected. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap us up now. We're almost to an hour. This might be our longest podcast ever. Thanks a lot, Jess. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That just means it's the best one ever. Yeah. I meant that as a compliment. Okay. Great. Thank you. You bet. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for joining Thank you guys for listening. Any parting words, Mark or Jess? Keep pushing into community. Uh, I mean, we have platforms now that are that are making going to church easier, sharing church easier, talking about church easier, watching church together easier. So whether that's our Facebook live services, whether that's this podcast, whether that's our our you know face or our Instagram or Facebook live devotionals during the week, whether that's the church online platform on Sunday mornings, there's so many outlets for church. And for, and yeah, for community. So if you can keep going, you can do it. We'll get through this together separately, but together. So yeah, (laughs) separate, but together. There we go. That's great. Yeah. I think, I think for me, one thing that keeps coming up in my mind is um, how, you know, so many of us are like, oh, this is really hard, but at least I don't blah, 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 blah. And and you just automatically comparative suffering is the if you listen to Brene Brown yep, podcast yep. she did an awesome talk on nice. it and just you know allow yourself to be sad allow That's yourself so to be scared yep. yeah. and worried and afraid um there's nothing wrong with you that you think those things yep. and it's it doesn't help anybody to ignore your own feelings and hope that everybody else is okay i think it, it's both so it's great. um just be sad and cry and you know just reach out to a friend and figure out how to how to work through it that's so good i want to make this podcast longer now because i just want to talk about that um there's a great article <laughs> I'll come back anybody listening you should read it harvard business review this was a couple of weeks ago it's it's gotten pretty viral but uh i think the title is the feeling you're feeling is called grief and yeah. it sort of talks about that reality that uh just any kind of unknown is causing grief right now. And that's okay to say like, yeah, I'm not battling health issues or I haven't lost a loved one. But the fact that 
you know, your work has changed, your family life, your that that's all real stuff. Feel it and be okay with that. Have some grace with yourself. So that's a great, great way to end. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for you guys being a part of the podcast. Uh, Let's get Brene Brown on here. Um, (laughs) I'll call her. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. We'll see you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.